want you to just lift your voice to him right now. Just begin to worship him from the depths of your heart. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for the privilege of serving you. We thank you that we're called according to your purpose. That you've ordained us in this moment in time. Lord, to face the enemy and triumph. For we'll not leave from here a defeated people. But we will leave from here a triumphant church. Hallelujah. People that knows their God who does exploits. Who believes the promises of God and sees them manifesting. We're looking to you today and we're expecting you to move on the scene. We know, Lord, we'll get what we will expect because that's our faith. Our faith says that you're here. Our faith says you're our healer. Our faith says it's already done. That in Calvary you paid it all and that we're yours, the redeemed of God. And gathered here in your name, Lord, to lift your name high and worship you. Give you the praise that is due your great name. Bless us, I pray today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, Lord, and your grace. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we love you and thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head bowed just for a moment. I just learned that today, Sister Sharon Johnson is here from Shreveport, that her mother passed away, and we did not know about this. We just want to ask God's blessings upon her today as we learn of this. It's not a law. She's not lost. We know where she's at. We certainly miss her being here today. We pray for comfort, Father. We pray for a special comfort for Sister Sharon and her family as Mother has crossed the dimensions into the realms of the blessed. Lord, we do not suffer as those who have no hope because our hope is in Jesus. We place our loved ones into your arms, Lord, asking that you would comfort Sister Sharon, her family, give them strength, encouragement, faith, and hope in this hour and this time. Lord, give strength, Lord, your people today as we look to you now. It's in the name of Jesus we ask it. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Before you're seated this morning, we're going to read a scripture in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things, can you say all things? things. Work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I believe God's got a purpose for our life. And that nothing even happens to us on this earth without a purpose. Amen. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Amen. God bless you. Amen. As you're seated. Today, I want to just take just a moment before I go into my message today. And I want to, I want to congratulate and wish 
my bosom friends, um, Brother Donnie Reagan, his wife, Sister Carol. They both had a happy birthday on, Ju- on July the 9th, and congratulations on their 47th wedding anniversary on July the 8th. And they're an example of true love and devotion to each other and to God. And I want you to know we stand in solidarity and of the same like-mindedness with Brother Donnie. I've loved him and his ministry from the very first time I met him some 33 years ago. And we became instant friends. And he and, he and I have not just been close friends, um, but through the years, there's probably no minister that I can say that I agree with doctrinally more than him. And he's a great student of the word and well-versed in the knowledge of the message, an anointed servant of God with a supernatural ministry, vindicated with signs that follow the believers. And of course, I recommend anybody who lives in that area to go to church there. It's a well-balanced ministry. Amen. It's certainly been a blessing to us through the years as we've had him in our special meetings and regular meetings through the years and in youth camps and, and dedication services and just wonderful times um, together. Um, there's several things that I want to talk to you about today before we go into our message. And so um, if you just settle down for a moment, you, you know, the other day I made mention of Sister Lana. She just had a clear scan um, just a few days ago, a few weeks ago now, and the kin remains cancer-free, and we thank God for that. Amen. She had her great moment of victory um, in the service of February the 18th, 2018, where I was preaching on the revealing of sons, and um, that's now been nearly two and a half years ago, and God is still on the throne still manifesting his great glory. In that same service, we had a brother John Christoffel from uh, South Africa that uh, contacted me about his wife's condition of stage three rectal cancer. And he being in South Africa there, he had been able, unable to get a job and he was in a very bad financial condition. A young, young minister and his wife and they were struggling and struggling with the, um, the, the, the medical bills and so on. And, and um, you know, we, we at that time were certainly uh, preaching a lot of different things along the realm of faith and believing for our sister Lana and just encourage her and encourage the people and encourage us to believe God for his words and his promises. And um, to see God come on the scene and to see um, the Lord heal Sister Lana with that fourth stage uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And God healed her and delivered her just instantly, completely. And, um, you know, where that she went back the next day on the, I think it was the 19th, on the Monday or Tuesday at least, uh, just that week and had a scan and doctors didn't know what to say about it. And uh, there it is right there where the cancer is in the lung, and there it is, the next scan, and there's, there is absolutely no cancer. And this is still the testimony today, two and a half years later. Amen. We thank God for that. This um, very same time that this was going on, this brother from 
South Africa, I've never met him, but you know, there's just sometimes it's things just grip your heart. And he told me about his situation, and and um, and so he, I, I told him I would send him a prayer cloth because uh, we believed according to the book of Acts that they took uh, handkerchiefs from the body or aprons from the body of St. Paul and laid them upon the sick and they were healed. Now, of course, we're not St. Paul, but he's still the same Jesus. Amen. And his word is still the truth. So we sent that and I prayed over that in the post and, and uh, this same week of Sister Lana's scan, I received a um, an unsolicited email uh, with, from Brother John uh, giving me um, photos of his wife and his testimony. And um, I wanted to just go back into that service just a moment where that we prayed for her. And I, I want to, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm doing this for a reason because I, I think we must come with very great sincerity in every service expecting God to move. And when we pray, if it's even somebody from overseas, somewhere over in South Africa, we never heard of, we never seen, it doesn't matter. They're our brother and sister in Christ. And we're going to pray with fervency and believe God for them. Amen. So, Michael, if you will, take us back into that service just for a moment, just for this clip where we prayed for Brother John Christopher and his wife. That voice of yours right now. The Bible said that you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. You want deliverance? Deliverance is in the house of God. Amen. You need peace in your life? There's peace like a river. You need joy? There's joy like a river. Amen. There's peace like a fountain. There's the Holy Ghost to move in your life, to turn you to faith, to cause you to believe, to lift you up out of sin. Hallelujah. I don't care how long you've been bound. Amen. I don't care how long you felt defeated. I don't care how long you've been in slavery. We are heard a voice that said, let my people go. And there's some devil tormentors in this building this morning that's going to torment the devil until we leave from here. We're not going to give him any peace. We're not going to give him any rest. But some serpent bruisers, some overcomers, some people that are empowered where he's revealing himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revealing himself in your life this morning. Amen. Giving you the faith to believe it's for me. Hallelujah. 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 I said, hallelujah. I said, let's praise our God. Let's say, I say, God is moving in stream. Why don't you react? Amen. Not in a formal way, but in the power of the Holy Ghost. Let him lift you up today to rise with him. In faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan, I announce to you, you are a defeated being. Hallelujah. I announce to you, there's sons of God 
that are in a, that are the actors on the scene right now where God is revealing himself in his sonship in sons of God to declare to this generation the name and the authority of Jesus Christ now take your lying deceiving stinking hands off of God's people I loose them this morning to serve the living God they never known to be free of the bondage and the slave battles of sin and unbelief in the name of Jesus Christ I declare it hallelujah now thank you for it go to praising him for it amen everything has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ let my people go Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord, for your worthy. Hallelujah. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Glory to his name. Will you worship with me this morning? I've got in my hands this morning a couple of prayer cloths. They're going to go to South Africa to a little home where a little preacher without a job in a broken condition with a little wife in the third stages of rectal cancer. Sunday on the wings of this prayer. We're here as devil defeaters, serpent bruisers, sending a message that there's sons of God being revealed in this day. And we are taking over Satan's dominion. Amen. We're, we're sending it right here as it did in the book of Acts. Were from the body of Paul, handkerchiefs was taken, laid on the sick, aprons, laid on the sick, and evil spirits departed from them. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. You may have a need in your life this morning while I pray for this and you pray with me. I want you to pray as we bind the devil and the power of Satan. Satan, you are defeated. In the hands of a redeemed son, Amen. In the congregation of redeemed children of God, we are standing this morning in prayer for a counterpart over in South Africa in a little town, maybe a little place, maybe feeling forgotten, maybe feeling, feeling a, a reject or, or, or not, not important. You're, you are speaking to them this morning. Amen. Even as we send on the wings of this prayer, healing healing in the name of Jesus Satan you have bound God's people long enough but the eyes of God's people the elect is coming open amen there's understanding that is coming to somebody to believe that they are the call of this generation and I say to this cancer cancer you cannot stand in the presence of God 
and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, taking the authority of the word of God and commanded you to leave that body. And for the misfortunes that followed this little preacher, I pray God you'll get him in your will. You'll give him that job that he needs. Lord, I pray not only for them, but for all of these that are in this congregation and around the world right now, if they'll just believe, if they'll just believe right now, while we pray, something is about to happen. They just believe, Lord, we're just holding the hand long enough for the swelling to go down. Amen, until, until we can see it's dead, it's over with, it's done. And in the name of Jesus, I proclaim liberty to those that are bound. And I proclaim the freedom and the joy of the Lord to this church and to the believers who believe now in Jesus' name for the glory of God. Amen. Now lift up those feeble hands and hang down. Amen. Begin to praise him now from the depths of your heart. Praise the Lord. I just got this email from him saying I'm sharing the pictures of how my wife looked during her hospital stay in 2018, how the chemotherapy radiation took her hair, which is her glory, but God, rich in mercy, has restored her hair. She's completely healed by the hand of the Lord. I still have that prayer cloth whenever we, we feel sick or heavy burden or for any problem, we lay that prayer cloth on us and claim God's blessings and healing power over us. And we have testimonies of God's grace and healing. And, and of course, um, just, uh, just, just weeks right after that, that we prayed there, he got a job there that was almost impossible to get. God just moved on the scene for him in a tremendous way. And we want to say thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Alana, you stand just for a moment just as a trophy of the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. God's not dead. He's alive. Amen. He's still working in the hearts and lives of God's people. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Just wanted to tell you a little bit before we go into the message this morning. What we've been through in the last couple of weeks, as you know, the last two Sundays, I, I have not been in the pulpit. We, um, we uh, have, of course, um, had some situations in, at home where my wife had a, a tremendous brain bleed there and was sent to uh, the hospital and to LSU where they did surgery on her. Um, you may not know and understand the severity of where we were. But um, the doctors gave us very grim news, said that, you know, she could live five minutes or five years, but she would not have any quality of life if she did. And uh, they came out and, and told me just to prepare for death, that that's how severe that it was. And even when I got the call from LSU, I knew by the way that they um, asked me about the surgery that they wasn't given much hope for her recovery. And um, as you know, today we're, we're here on the other side of that and we can rejoice because there's no loss of limb, no loss of memory. Amen. She's complete. Amen. We thank God for that. God has answered prayer. 
Just to kind of go back over some of these things just for a moment. Week before last, you know Brother Ron Spencer was here. It was kind of a surprise visit. Um, most of you didn't know about it because we kept it secret. Brother Ron Spencer is a pastor friend of ours from over in Virginia. And um, he is a bosom friend of, of mine and, and uh, someone that I love very much. And um, he has had um, uh, stage four melanoma cancer. It spread from his lungs and jumped into his brain just right after that he got it. He had a first day clear brain scan and then, you know, uh, and I just thankful, well, it's not in his brain, it's just in his lungs. Well, he jumped right immediately into the lungs, uh, from the lungs into the brain. But, um, you know, he has steadfastly believed and we've been praying and believing with him. And by the way, Brother Timothy, you caught the wind of the Spirit this morning as, we, as, as I just had it on the tip of my tongue to tell you, don't go and pray for your mom. Don't go and pray for Brother Ron. You go and thank God for their healing. That's what I want you to do. I want you to thank God. It's already done. Amen. We're confessing it and we're believing it. But he had preached at his own home church um, just um, prior to him coming, the, the weekend before he was coming, I must get to Jesus. And in reference to the queen of the south uh, who came uh, to hear the wisdom of Solomon, he noted that, you know, that people would, would drive 17, 18 hours to get into Brother Branham's meetings to get in the presence of Jesus and would be healed. And it struck him afterwards that he must do the same. And so he wanted to drive over here to Louisiana and spend some time with me and for me to pray for him. Now, of course, you know, I'm not a healer. The Lord is a healer, but um, it's, there's gifts in the body and gifts of healing is one. Let me explain it like this. Uh, just sharing this from looking unto Jesus. He said, you know what the gift of healing is? Faith in healing. You just release your faith to pray for somebody. That's all the gift of healing is. Every minister should have it. Everybody, you see, should have a gift of healing. The power that heals you is on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit. You just have to let it work its way out. So Brother Ron wanted to come, and, and we were excited about him coming. I started praying and fasting in the preparation for his coming here. He was going to leave um, his after church on Sunday and drive here and would arrive on Monday, which he did. But after making the decision to come, he told his family, now you just watch the devil try to stop this. And, and of course he did, but the devil don't have enough. That's right. That's right. Amen. My wife Karen was excited about him coming. She was going to make his favorite German chocolate cake and went shopping on Thursday to get all the supplies for his arrival. And, and, um, and then uh, that night at about 11 p.m., she woke me up by going to the bathroom, turning on the light, and I asked her if she was okay. And she said, I've got a terrible headache. And she mentioned she was going into another room and... and um, uh, take her blood pressure. I followed her in there and found her with her head on the table groaning. 
And um, I said, we, we've got to go to the hospital now. And she said, she protested, no, I don't want to go. I don't need to go. I just threw a robe around her and made her get in the car. And we, you know, on her way, she was just groaning and moaning. And there would be moments that I was, thought she had passed out. And she became nauseated, throwing up. And uh, I was going to drive all the way to Shreveport because that's where the neuros uh, unit is and the trauma unit in Shreveport at the LSU Osners. And the doctors, but I, I, I couldn't make it that far because of her throwing up and the pain level. And so I whipped into Menden Medical Center and there they um, intubated her and she was totally unconscious. Doctor's report from the scans was she wasn't going to make it. He had, she had a huge brain bleed. It was pushing the right side of her brain out of position. And the damage would cause her to die. And if she lived, the doctor said she would only be a vegetable. Well, Friday morning, Sister Karen had emergency brain surgery where they relieved the pressure. They cauterized the vessels. And, um, you know, I, as I was just praying and assessing the situation, I just began to realize that she was there in the NICU that, and, and I stood beside her there immediately. I watched her as she was wheeled out of surgery and stood there by her bedside on Friday and Saturday morning. I was there again. And as I was praying there, I just said, you know, I'm not going to let this stop Brother Ron from coming. And so I made arrangements for, for my daughters to, um, to go to the ICU room since her mother was really you know, out of it, didn't, didn't know really what was going on. And so I made arrangements for them to go. And I called Brother Ron and I said, um, I, I, you come on. I said, we'll, we'll meet over at our camp there at Haven's Rest. And, and um, so he, he, he um, came, they left right after church on Sunday. He ministered. They drove all the way to Birmingham. And from Birmingham, they came here to Louisiana Monday night, we had a prayer meeting together. And I guarantee you, when you're in a moment like this, you just don't just say, God bless so-and-so and so. It's a moment of desperation. And, um, you know, it was a great time in the presence of the Lord, but I just felt like there was more. And I knew I would have another opportunity. And Tuesday evening, we spent the evening speaking of the exploits of faith and creating as I tried to channel the conversation because I wanted to generate a, a, an atmosphere of faith. And we just began to talk about exploits of faith and different testimonies of God's healing power. And I, I, I began to feel the atmosphere get more and more charged. And uh, Brother Aaron and, and, of course, Brother Timothy, Brother Michael Dexter was there. And, and Brother Aaron was about to leave. And I said, don't leave. I said, you know, I want to, we want to pray. We want to have another time of prayer. And this time, there was a breakthrough to the anointing. And uh, then, the, then as, as we've seen the Holy Spirit just come down, and there was just things that was, you know, had been on Brother Ron's heart. He, he had desired to come back to Louisiana again. The devil told him he would never be here again. And then he wanted to be in a prayer line with me again. And the devil told him, you'll never have another prayer line with Brother Tim. 
But right there in that, in that camp, we had a prayer line and prayed for Luke and Andrew and Adam Frazier, Connie's nephew, and God just moved upon them in a tremendous way, filling them with the Holy Spirit of God. And, and um, you know, what a presence that was. And we saw the Holy Spirit move. And then Wednesday night, we come to church, and Brother Ron and I spent time together in my office where, as you know, he testified of seeing the angel of God, and together we prayed again right in that very same spot. And since that time, God has given Brother Ron some amazing strength. And uh, he has preached with such anointing, such anointing, and such power since that time. And I checked upon him as he arrived home, leaving Wednesday night. And let me just stop here for a moment because that Wednesday night service went right on over to Brother Timothy's house and followed them into the house. That anointing and the Holy Spirit fell upon his children. The girls there, Adriana and Katie, and God did some amazing things in their life. And Adriana was testifying to me that she got what she needed to be able to testify, I have the Holy Spirit in my life. What a wonderful thing. God's moving. Amen. What he did for them, he'll do for you. Amen. But um, Brother Ron, of course, uh, next day, uh, getting home on Thursday, I called him to check on him. He's already gone down uh, three hours to see his dad and has to come three hours back. And the next day, he's gone again doing a a route with with his son and, and different things. And he ain't stopped. And today, today in his home church, he's preaching a convention meeting where the service is going to be sent to Brother Harold Hildebrandt and Brother, Brother Hammermeister there in Edmonton where they're going to be playing it in their convention. So he's already back to preaching conventions again. Hallelujah. My God is unstoppable. His people are unstoppable. And the devil don't have enough. But God is more than enough. I said he's more than enough. You meet your need this morning, whatever it is, because this God is El Shaddai, and he's more than enough to meet your need. To fill you with his spirit, to give you a refreshing from his presence. To give you another filling of the Holy Ghost. To take out the lukewarmness and put in there the power of the living God. The power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a general standing there, Brother Ron Spencer. God bless him. Amen. Yesterday, I was sharing the news of the testimony with different ones. And I, was, I had heard from Brother Buzzbosi from, Buzzbosi from Uganda. He's done a great work in Ethiopia, taking the gospel into there. And it's just been a tremendous work of this Ugandan brother. He's a real um, firebrand um, evangelist. And he asked me a question on the book of Revelation. And so I answered him, and he replied and thanked me for the feedback and He added that he was praying for Sister Karen. And so I knew by that that they had heard of that as we have heard 
from uh, US and Canada, Germany, Belgium, Switzerland, France, South Africa, uh, Ghana, Uganda, New Zealand, Australia, Philippines, and Japan, and just about all over the world, and who has been expressing that they were praying for all of us. And, um, and, and so we appreciate that, the family does. I wanna to say to the world, those of you that are listening in, the, the congregation here, um, Sister Karen ex- wanted to express her love today and say that she really loved you and appreciated your prayers. And um, so, you know, he, he um, uh, told me he was praying. And so I, I just sent him this, which some of you have heard the report. I said, thanks so much, Brother Buzz. Karen is doing good today. I FaceTimed her twice. Her sister is sitting with her today while I prepare for tomorrow. She had surgery yesterday to laparoscopically insert a stomach feeding tube. They did this because her esophagus was damaged uh, during the intubation. And uh, they will begin feeding her by the tube after 24 hours surgery, which they have been already started doing. She's doing exercises to improve her muscles conditioning into the throat. And I want to just say to that, today she is talking almost normal. And, I, and it wasn't pronunciation, it was uh, the gravelly rough voice. And now she's speaking in her normal voice. Monday she should be removed to rehab to take occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. She pronounces her words well, but with speech therapy strengthens her, the throat muscles to keep foods and fluids from aspirating her lungs. She was able to get up with, uh, with assistance, do some limited walking other than being weak from the trauma, being bed fast for two weeks, she is doing well. Her pain level is minimal with only occasional medium level. She's in good spirit, sound mind, all body functions working. We have come a million miles from Thursday a week ago when the doctor said she would die or at best be only a vegetable. God is a God of miracles. And we've seen huge progress since her brain surgery. Our praise is to our great God and we appreciate all the prayers on our behalf. God has surely acted on our behalf and we cannot thank him enough. And Brother Buzz began to write me back. And in the middle of his reply, the Holy Spirit struck him and he began to prophesy. And he writes me and he says, my brother, just so you know, your faith inspires thousands of believers around the world, including us. You have done much damage to the kingdom of darkness through your ministry. You're one of God's generals of our time that the devil is so obsessed at trying to pull down through whatever way he thinks he can. Poor devil, he can't. We are the unstoppable bride. Hallelujah. And then he began to prophesy. And he says, your sacrifice towards my sheep is what has moved me. Here you are yielding yourself like never before to face what you have never faced. But I am the Lord that keeps my promises. I fail not. I am the Lord. A series of victories it is going to be. It is meant to be for my name's glory. Only be thou of good cheer. To not, to not are the words of the wicked one. No one can stand against me. I speak and my word is life. For I have done this, saith the Spirit of the Lord.
Hallelujah. A series of victories is going to be. Series of victories. Brain bleed one, brain bleed two, brain bleed three. Amen. Amen. Karen, Brother Ron, Esther. A series of victory. Three boys to that series. Add them. Amen. Luke and Andrew and Adam. And three times that I prayed with Brother Ron. A series of victory. From the onset of this, I have declared we have accepted nothing but victory. We have set before us a completely healed person. And step by step, we will walk into that vision. Just back in March, I had a dream. I dreamed I was straightening out a highway. And you know that's what I've been doing. You know, as a, you, you have a forerunner that goes before the second coming of the Lord. And we know God used his, his servant messenger to, to, to be a, one who would prepare the way for his coming. But all of those that follow that message are under the same anointing. And under the same commission. Amen. You know, we, we see um, Graham and Roberts, you know, that were used of God in a great way. And, and, but, and, and, and men were got, got anointed with that same anointing that was upon those men. And I want you to know, we are under the anointing in this day of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, of course, we're making straight the path for Christ to come. And, and, um, and so, as I, was, as I was making this path there, someone, I saw in, in this dream, someone come right up and point blank shot at me. But they missed. They got real close. Real close. You can't get much closer than a, than a wife and a daughter and a best friend. Amen. Amen. Got real close. Amen. But he missed me. He didn't stop me. I'm not knocked down and I'm not defeated and I'm not going to quit and I'm going to finish this highway and we're going to see Jesus come back. We're going to see him reign in power and great glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. A series of victory is going to be. And I'm looking for another victory this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, we can hear it saying, arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon you. A series of victories. Amen. What a wonderful God. Amen. Now I'm just going to tell you. I went back to that NICU. My wife couldn't stay awake. And by this time I'm mad. Amen. I got mad at the devil. This time I walked into the, into the NICU and I laid my hands on her and said, Satan, you take your hands off of her. I ain't putting up with you no more. Amen. Sometimes you've got to get mad at the devil. 
and praying for brother, praying for a person. Brother Branham said, "I'm not yelling you. You can't baby demons." Amen. And the message is shamed. He said, it puts me in mind of something like ourselves. I said to people, I'm getting to a place, a spot I need more faith. That's what I'm home for now is get a new burst of faith. How many liked a new burst of faith? God, it so looked like when you pray for people, you apologize. Mr. Devil, would you move over, please? And let me, nothing, faith has got muscles and hair on his chest. When it speaks, everything else shuts up. Don't go in, Mr. Devil, will you move out? Get out of here. I'm a son of God, commissioned by God. Leave them alone. That moves. You have no apology to the devil. Nothing to do with him. Not ashamed of the word. Not ashamed of your commission. Not ashamed of who you are. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look back at the scripture this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You can stand if you'd like. That's fine. It's always good to do that in honor to the word. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what we're going to be speaking on this morning is a bride in his image. To be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He wasn't just satisfied with Jesus. He wants many brethren just like Jesus. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. But not only are we his brethren, but there's other types that show the church even as his wife. Paul said a man and his wife is a mystery of Christ and his church. We find also in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21 that the Lord God calls the deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh flesh instead thereof. And the the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So again, this was... The the very first thing, and even Paul would refer back to the scripture of the oneness between of a man and his wife, and it being a type of Christ and his bride, that she would be of him. She would be of his life, she would be of his power, she would be of his spirit. She would be flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. But then it also types us as his offspring. And we could read a lot of scriptures on this, but let's just take this one in Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own points have said, for we are also his offspring. 
For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of the, that the Godhead is likened to gold, as silver, or stone, or graven art, or man's device. In other words, like an idol. But you, you need to think of him as a person. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You see, Adam was immortal like God in his original state. His body didn't decay. It didn't grow old and die. Before the fall, he was not even a time being. If it could have been marked in years, he would, he, you would say he was as strong at 200 as he was at 20. He was timeless. He was ageless. He was an immortal. He was an immortal 20-year-old. And it was not until sin entered that man fell from God's image. Now, your first birth is from the perverted word that uh, the lie that Satan taught Eve. That's how we were born uh, as Adam's offspring, born in the way that the serpent taught Eve. This body is not in God's image. It decays. It grows old. It dies. You're not as strong even at 80 as you were at 20. Sin perverted man's body, his spirit, his soul. And Satan enthroned um, himself and man's body to sin in. And every man fell from that holy image. For when Adam and Eve listened to the lie of the devil, the holy image of God left them and, and their fellowship was broken with God. The fellowship of oneness with God was broken the very minute they listened to the lie of the devil. And the very minute that you listen to the lie of the devil, it'll break your fellowship with God. And that's the very minute that you go out of God's presence like she did is when you fail to take God's word just as it is. Now, in the fall, our faith was blinded and the five senses of our flesh took preeminence. Man originally was have dominion. And that word dominion has been lost from man. Even though he dominates by the realms of his flesh, by, uh, by cunningness and devices and things and, 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 and that he will, um, uh, he will dominate animals, dominate the earth, dominate other men and so on like that. But, uh, but again, it's the, he does it by the realm of the five senses. Adam ruled the earth by faith. Amen. Now, and of course, you know, when the fall came in, man lost his consciousness of what the Father had put him on the earth to do. In other words, all the plumbing as it was in our brain, the outlets, the faith has been clogged. And it gets clogged up even today with business affair and domestic life, home life, political things, all kinds of things will clog us up. The, the reasoning of science and education will all clog up the faith that should be flowing through our lives. Clog up the channels and God can't operate through that channel of faith 
because we're going on our reasoning, our memory, our imagination, our conscience, or our affection. And just remember, I want you to know that, you know, you here in this fallen state as a mortal being, and though your soul might be redeemed, your, your flesh, again, is, it has to also be redeemed. It's going to be changed just like your soul was changed. In a moment, a twinkling of an eye, it'll be changed and we'll be glorified and go into his presence. Is that right? Amen. But it's your flesh that's what keeps you from seeing God face to face. You see, it is the flesh that is what, this veil that keeps us from seeing angels at their position. They're always there. The angels of God don't just suddenly come. They encamp about those that fear him. Amen. Angels did not come down to Elisha and Gehazi that day. But no, he said, um, there, he said, the angels are here. God opened the boy's eyes. And when his eyes became open, he became conscious to the supernatural realm. But your flesh is what keeps you from seeing God. It blinds your faith because it is the only eye by which you can see God with. Only thing that you can understand and know the supernatural with is faith. Now, the veil is the flesh, and this flesh keeps us out of his presence. Even now, even in service like this, it's hard for you to keep your channel. The Holy Spirit is trying to speak, and you're trying to open up a channel, but your mind is wandering. You know, your seat is getting tired. Your body is getting weary. You're thinking about the pressures of life, everything else that is going on. Oh, just for a moment, we can just press out of this. Amen. Where we can get into the channel of the Holy Spirit, and it can just strike it like a target this morning and hit right down in your soul and make you realize God is here. And if he's here, all things are possible. My healing is possible. My deliverance is possible. My salvation is possible. Everything is possible when we realize we're in the presence of God. This fall, you know, causes us to require us to have a new birth. We must be born again. We're sons and daughters of God, but we live in fallen mortal bodies. Sad to say, you know, you can be healed of one thing only to be sick with it again. Amen. You can have a brain bleed and have another brain bleed. Your body's not immortal. Is subject to weaknesses. God will heal you like he did the apostle Paul. There will come blow after blow after blow. Amen. But God heals and he heals and he heals. He keeps it delivering. Amen. Delivering to your times up on earth. Amen. Now, this fall, we know produced two seeds. That were, there was Cain, the Bible said, who was of that wicked one. There was Abel who was Adam's son. And of course, these two races would mix together just before the flood and would become one race. And the same thing has happened with the church. 
that just as Eve fell by disbelieving the word, so did the church fall into unbelief through the dark ages. They fell from that original experience of the book of Acts. And that became foreign to the church. And they become blinded to it. And they become deafened and blinded with theology and man's own ideas. Rather than the word of God. In Acts chapter 15 we will find that there was Pharisees which believed who insisted on requiring circumcision and keeping the law of Moses. Because there were certain of the Pharisees which believed never got the new birth. There was Hymenaeus and Alexander who brought in a new doctrine, misinterpreting the scripture, spiritualizing the resurrection of the dead and allegorizing away the doctrine of the resurrection and resolving it into just a figure and a metaphor. And, and of course, Paul told of what it did. He said, their words doth eat as a canker. It has become a cancer in the church and the church had become infected and diseased rather than a spotless, sinless bride. Then he went on to, then, then Jesus would tell us how the spirit of the Antichrist was already working in the church. And he would say, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly are ravering wolves. So he told them, Beware. Because there's coming something that's going to push the church off course. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 29, Paul said, After my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, and also of your own selves, not outsiders, but within the church, shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Amen. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, he said, for these are such are false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Revelation 2, 2, he would tell them, I know your works, and this is the first age, thy labor and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And in less than 300 years, the church was a fallen woman bringing forth children of her adultery. Amen. Now, you you, you know, these are hard words to speak, but let me tell you, it tells you of of two women. When you come down to the book of Revelation, it's really about two women. A perfect sinless bride that he's going to take in a rapture and a whore and her harlot daughters who are just like her. Amen. And she cannot be that kind unless she's taken the seeds of another man and receives something else for a husband other than Christ himself. And that's what makes her the whorish woman. And I tell you, when we are the church of any kind, takes in the words of another man other than the words of God, we have committed the sin of whoredom. Israel was guilty of it. Who was supposed to be married to Jehovah and the Gentile church is guilty of the same thing. Amen. Until the church has become a conglomeration of filth and abomination. 
But I want you to know in the midst of all of this, God will have a people. He will have a bride without a spot or a wrinkle or a blemish. His word has declared it. He can't go back on his word. I'd like to just share with you this little quotation from He Cares Who Cares. We got two churches at hand this morning. One of them is the church of Pentecost that was organized at Pentecost by the Holy Spirit. There's a difference when the Holy Spirit organizes. Amen. Puts a church in order. Amen. The second is the church of the Roman Catholic Church, which was organized in Nicaea, Rome. One is a spiritual birth. The other is an intellectual conception. Now, you can find this is where, where the separation is in every church, in every movement. Amen? Exactly right. Amen. One of a spiritual birth, the other of an intellectual conception. Right here in this church, there are those of a spiritual birth and others of an intellectual conception. Amen. From that church come all Protestants. All denominations come from. That was the first denomination. All denominations come from that one and our relation to that one. Revelation 17, she was a whore and she was the mother of harlots. And pot can't call the kettle greasy. See, because it's, it's, it's just one. It's organized. It's gone. It's in Rome. I don't care what it is. It is gone. The Bible said we come to those church ages to prove that one is based on spiritual discernment. The other is based on educational and intellectual conception. Amen. 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 And this is where we come down to, spiritual discernment and the other education. I'm going to just say it. You cannot educate people into the message. And we've done a good job down through the years amen, of educating people and bringing them to an intellectual knowledge. But it'll never take the place of a real new birth where it changes you from the inside out and you're not conforming to a church and its society, but you are conforming to Christ and his word coming into his image. Amen. He says, our church is also the Catholic universal church. Catholic means universal, which is a universal belief for all believers. One of them is born of the Spirit of God and has the Holy Spirit in it. And it proves it by its life, doctrine and action, that the Holy Spirit is there because it's the comforter that Christ promised working in his church, doing the same thing that he did at the beginning. That's how the anatoxin of Christ's salvation worked in the beginning. That's the way it works today, brings forth the same thing. One is made up of a, one is an intellectual conception of a denomination made up by a group of men which has a form of godliness, as the prophet told us, and deny this truth of power. Now, that's just as plain as I know how to make it. Now, there's two churches, one of them born at Nicaea and the other born at Pentecost. One has always been against the other. We've been down through the church ages to prove it. One's against the other. One's a fine, dignified, intellectual church with fine scholars and so forth. And the other is classed a bunch of holy rollers. Amen. I wonder about some of these message people that can't be classed anymore as holy rollers. It was at the beginning drunk, illiterate fishermen. 
And it's the same thing today. It's still classed in the same category. One of them is a scientific arrangement. The other is a spiritual discernment of the word. One is scientifically arraigned with one groups of men, says the intellectual bishop. The other is absolutely born of the spirit of God and lives by the spirit of God. And it performs and makes to come to pass the words that God promised. It shows what anatoxin you're taking. Have you taken educational toxin? Have you got the Holy Spirit antitoxin? Oh, that subtleness of Satan. How he can paint that picture and intellectually can make a man that's not born of the Spirit of God just turn around and around. And there's no way intellectually to down with them, them with it. There's not a way. It's a discernment by faith. See, discernment. We see what the Word says. Then you say, Brother Branham, they say they have discernment. Then let the Holy Spirit produce what he promised to produce, and then we'll believe it. See, there's the evidence of it. Now, how did the antitoxin act when it struck the person? These signs shall follow them that believe. He said, well, if the antitoxin struck that, then that's all right. Amen. Brother, that is, that's it. We've got to have an antitoxin that protects us against the poison of the venom of the snake, of the serpent. Now, you see, we're not to put a question on the word of God. We're to believe it. Because when the church puts a question upon the word, is he the same? Does he still live in his church and perform his signs and miracles that he did when he was on earth, which he surely, he so surely promised us in John 14, 12. Now, I'm not even going to read you a quote today that ain't from, in, in, in this part, that ain't from 63 forward. After the seals are open. And I want you to see where he's focusing. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater than these shall he do. And if I go to my Father, these signs shall follow them that believe, shall follow them. The question is to the people today, does he really mean it? And when you accept what the church says, does he really mean it? Then you put yourself in the same condition that Adam did, and you join yourself with the woman of the church of the world and separate yourself from the blessings that God has promised to every believer that would separate himself from the world to the word. So here we are. We're here in the most evil age that there's ever been. Amen. Amen. We're full of knowledge, education, unbelief, and insanity. Amen. Have you ever seen an age that's so insane? My God, have mercy. Amen. You know, it, it, is, a, it is a time of, of insanity. People have lost their bearing. They've lost their balance. But, you know, it's in this kind of time that God is determined that he's going to bring a people in his image. Amen. Now, why has God determined to bring a bride to completion here? Why would God call or use uh, this time to call the people out of this evil age for his namesake? 
The reason is to try the bride. Amen. We've got to show who's going to stand and who's going to bend or who's going to bow. Is there a Daniel today? Is there some Hebrew children? Is there a David and a fly in the face of Goliath and said, we're not putting up with the uncircumcised of the Philistine challenging the servants of the living God? Is there somebody? Amen. Who would, who would stand and be proven in this day and time? Whatever seed was planted, that's what's to come up. We're seeing seeds of deceit, and we're seeing seeds of the wheat word of God. And just as the seed of the church fell back there with signs and wonders, and the living Christ among them, it ends in the last day under the ministry of Malachi 4 and restores back again the original faith that was once given. We find this evil age is to prove to Satan, she is not like Eve. She is not that type of woman. She will be tried by his word, the bride, Adam's bride or Christ's bride, or or, or Adam's bride was tried by the word, and, and she believed every bit, but just a little part of it, all confused on one promise, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I'm determined we're not going to be confused on that promise. He is Christ the same. Amen. He's the same as he was there. He's the same God dwelling today. Come on now. Amen. Failed one promise under the temptation of the enemy face to face. And we are facing the enemy today. And he wants to take away from you your promise that Christ is still the same. That he's still here in power. That he's still here in his glory. That he's here in his bride form to do what he did in the groom form. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Let me share this one here. This is a prophecy that was spoke. And this comes from spoken word, his original seed. He said, these last days, the true church bride comes to the headstone. She will be a super church, a super race, as she nears that great headstone. They will be so much like him until they will be in his very image. Amen. They will be the very manifestation of the word of the living God. Manifestation is a display, a presentation a demonstration, an exhibition, an expression of the word of the living God. A people in his image. Now let me tell you something. If she's going to be a super church, she's going to be a supernatural church. Amen. Amen. If she's going to be a super race, she's going to have a super faith. She's going to have supernatural power. Amen. You remember Legion in the Bible, he, he, was a, he had super strength, so surrendered to the evil one that he could break chains. Amen. Like the boy at camp this year, or last year, actually now, we didn't get to have camp this year, but last year, the boy at camp, it took five strong men or more to hold him down. Amen. Amen. Five strong men to hold him down with the demon had him controlled and, and fighting and, and, and frothing and, and, and speaking 
uh, things that he should never utter. Amen. But one moment in the presence of God, as I stood over that boy and just began to say, peace. I didn't yell. I just said, peace. 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 And I'm, I locked my eyes in his eyes. And all of the moment, in just a moment, he says, I'm free. It's gone, Brother Tim. I'm, it's gone. I'm free. It broke the chain. Come on now. A whisper from God will defeat every devil. Amen. When the devil is screaming and going on and on and on and on and fighting and everything else. And just in the presence of God one moment. And chains are broken. Somebody with me? Amen. Oh, listen. If, if a man could give his strength over to the devil, amen, if that could give him five times the strength where he has, having to be held down by five men, what would a complete surrender to God do? Hallelujah. It could take a cripple. I don't care how long they've been there in a wheelchair. That's weekend his body could walk. Amen. If we could just completely yield to the Holy Ghost, it gives us a super strength to rise in the name of Jesus Christ. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The strength in God that is in you is greater than any affliction that can come upon you. There's nothing can overtake you that can supersede you because you are full of superpower. And that superpower is the Holy Spirit that dominates your life. If you're a Christian, are you a Christian? Then there's a new supernatural strength in the church. Amen. You know, the other day, God took one of our newborns, a little newborn mother, just before she's baptized, to lay her hands upon her son who was wearing a hearing aid and was not able to hear since he was born. A little baby. Come on now. And that, I'm talking about now, what was the weakest one among us? A brand new newborn baby. Can I say it before she was even baptized? But had given her heart to Christ. Lays her hand over on her child. Amen. And what happens? Her child starts hearing. Is that right? That's the power that's in the church. Amen. If that's in a newborn, what ought it be to a real son and daughter of God who's mature, who knows her place in the scripture? Amen. If that's where it ought to be in the church. My goodness, I remember in Germany when I was there preaching and the Holy Spirit moving in the meetings there with the other brothers preaching. And there, a woman comes out holding a hearing aids and said, here, I don't need any of these anymore. I was in service today and God healed my ears. And I walked into the shower a while ago and I took my hearing aids off. And he said, I could hear children playing and in the shower running. Does anybody else need these here, Nate? You couldn't give them to me for a million dollars. That's why. I don't want them. Amen. I want the same God that healed your ears. Amen. Don't you want that same God for you this morning? Amen. It ain't a hearing aid we need. Come on. 
Amen. What we need is the aid of the Holy Ghost to come working among his church. Not to preach a Christ yesterday, but a Christ that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wonder who is willing to go from questioning. How can these things be to be it unto me according to thy word? This brought Mary from barrenness to being impregnated by the Spirit. And that's the only thing that will bring a barren church to make her filled with life when we quit questioning. Can we do it? How is this going to be? And start accepting. The angel is talking to me. God sent me a message and said, I'm highly favored. Amen. God's giving you a message this morning telling you you're highly favored. If you're sick in your body, you're highly favored. God's going to make this work out for your good. Amen. Today, your trouble can be over. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's a God on the sea. We're here to express his mind. We have eternal life. His own life is in us. Amen. That's the only way you're going to have eternal life is have the very life of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. Where God separated himself and gave us his spirit like he did on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And through this, the mind of Christ ought to be operating among us. The Holy Ghost, the spirit of Jesus moving in your life. Now, somebody in this day is going to accept the headship of the word. They're going to let the word have preeminence in their lives. Are you with me? Amen. So God wants to express himself in his church. How? In the fullness of his Godhead bodily. Amen. In his church. It was the anointed man on the Sea of Galilee. But now it's the anointed people. Amen. How are we anointed? By accepting the word that Eve turned down. Hallelujah. She believed it all. Except he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, we can believe what happened 50 years ago, but can we believe in the present day? I am. Amen. This bride will be a token assigned to the world. She will be something that the world can look and say, ah, oh, she's just a holy roller. She's a second cousin. She don't belong in our group. You know, I remember one of the sermons Brother Branham preaches, why I am a holy roller. I wonder, I wonder when the last time a sermon like that's been preached in a message church. They don't want to be a holy roller. They don't want to be spirit filled. They won't say, yes, I got the Holy Ghost. Yes, I speak in tongues. Yes, I believe in prophecy. Yes, I believe all the word of God. They want to say God was yesterday, but not today. Let me just talk about just for a minute. If this bride is to be anointed like Christ was was anointed and have his anointed, be of his flesh, be of his bone, be of his life, then look here with me in Acts 10, 38. And let's see how Jesus was anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power. That word's lost with, with too many people. Power. Who 
about doing good and heal them all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. Come on. This bride is going to be a super church, a super race, a super people. Come on. Amen. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. God hates a powerless religion. Come on. God hates it when a church is so dead, there's not even a shout, not even an amen anymore, not even a glory to God. When it's been years that there hadn't been a Miriam dance in the church. Hallelujah. We'd have played the rest of that on February the 18th, 2018, and I was singing glory to his name and got into leaning on the everlasting arm, and out of the mezzanine came Sister Lana, a little frail, cancer-eating mother, a man who the doctors had said was dying with a cancer. Amen. But there she come out of that mezzanine and dance all around this building with a Miriam dance. Hallelujah. And there at the pulpit we declare, your enemy is dead. Your enemy is dead. And she was back the next day healed. And they have to testify. You're a healed woman. And we don't know what happened. And it wasn't our medicine. This has never happened before. That's what they thought. But it's happened before. And it'll happen again. Hallelujah. You know why? Because God is a God of the miraculous. He is a God of miracles. All down through the Bible, he worked miracles. It was a miracle when he opened up the Red Sea. It was a miracle when he called dirt and made them gnats and flies. It was a miracle when he turned water into blood. It was a miracle when a fish swallowed Jonah. That was created by God. That was a miracle of creation that swallowed Jonah and spit him out on dry land. Our God is a God of the miraculous. You have been asked to believe in the miraculous. Amen. If you don't believe in the miraculous, how in the world do you think there's going to be a rapture where you're going to be standing on your feet and be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and gray hair come back the right color again? Glasses fall off and all the other things are gone because why? The miraculous is being done. And God showed us over and over and over he's a God of miracles. Listen, we're, we have come down to the ages. Courageous faith. Come on. Courageous faith like a lion anointed a generation. Spirit of an ox, a calf, a spirit of sacrifice anointed those in the dark ages. And they gave their lives willingly. Say, so how could I do it? How could a father do it? A mother do it? And watch their babies be killed in front of them and then their eyes put out or their, 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 dip, their hair dipped in tar and burned. How could they do it? Spirit of the ox. Amen. Spirit of sacrifice. Amen. Comes and moves into the intelligence of a man. Is that right? Amen. And Gutenberg Press comes along, puts the Bible in, in written form. Amen. A man using intelligence defeated the Rome and said the just shall live by faith. Is that right? Amen. 
and God use intelligence of man. But I want you to know, today is eagle anointing. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. When we come down to it, there are people that have great, tenacious faith, courageous faith that lays a hold on a promise. And lying like anointing gets a hold of that promise and won't let it go. You ever see a lion take its prey? It'll, it'll take it and choke it to death. And you took them all, them old them old apostles there in that day with their courageous faith, they laid hold on devils and choked them to death. Is that right? Amen. We have the, the another, and God still heals. He, he heals with, with the ox anointing. There are many that die, and they move into a new body. We're healed because he heals all diseases. Even in death, we're not defeated. These all died in faith. God uses the intelligence of a man, and God used doctors and medicine. Come on. He will do it. But I want you to know that's not our anointing. Amen. Our anointing is the miracle. The third pool was a miracle. Come on. Spoken word, bad tumors vanished. Spoken word, fish resurrected. Spoken word, squirrels created. Spoken word, storms moved out into out of existence. Amen. What was it? Miracle, 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 miracle. The rapture is going to be a miracle. Standing on your feet, you'll see the dead in Christ rise and come to you. And all of a sudden, you will be changed to be like them. And you'll be caught up to meet him in the air. We still believe in a rapture. We still believe in the catching up. So, Brother Tim, we're already in the rapture. I'll give you that. We've heard the shout, and we are the voice. But there's still going to be his coming where we'll meet him in the air. So, well, ever I won't see him, but no, but mine will. And I ain't worried about everybody else's eyes seeing him. I just want to see him. Because when I see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We're under the eagle anointing. The eagle snatches his prey. Swoops right down there, you know, and then snatches it. You know, the eagle of all of those, the lion, he's an earth-dwelling earth animal, a, a, a man, earth-dwelling animal, a, a, um, an ox, he's earth-dwelling. But the eagle is specified, flying eagle. As I've often said, he's not a sitting duck. We're not going to be a sitting duck for the devil to take down. We're a flying eagle, and the eagle is the only one of them that don't have to worry about crossing the river. Hallelujah. Amen. He don't have to worry about building a bridge or taking a boat or doing this or that to get across the river. He just lifts his wing into the realm of flame, and he flies. He flies right over the river between the natural and the supernatural where all things are possible to them that believe. God called you to be eagles in this day, to believe in the miraculous. Snatch you right out of your troubles in the nick of time. Hallelujah. God's got him a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. God's got him a masterpiece. For nearly 4,000 years, God's been making himself a masterpiece. There, there, 
Jesus was the fulfillment, the masterpiece of the Old Testament. But at Calvary, a peace come off of him. You know that? Just as when, when Adam was laid down, out of him was taken the, the rib, the portion to make his wife. At Calvary, God did the same. He took a portion out of Christ. The water, the blood, and the spirit. Those were the three elements that came out of Christ. Amen. What was that for? To make a bride. She, she, is, she is of his water, baptized in his name, blood sanctified and cleansed by the blood, and receives the Holy Ghost. Justification, sanctification, and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Amen. That's the bride. But you know, she's that piece that was struck off of him at Calvary that came out of him. And as the groom fulfilled the Old Testament, this bride fulfills the New Testament. You've got quite a calling to do. You're to fulfill the New Testament. And all the New Testament speaks of this hour. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ speaks of this hour. Amen. Oh, my. Do you, do you realize, friends, this is where we're at? We're in the, we're in the day and hour where the, that, the same word that spoke of the groom, it also speaks of the bride. Can you say amen? amen. This is what Brother Branham said, and it is the rising of the sun. The same word that spoke of the groom, it speaks also of the bride. Oh, my, you're people who have been prophesied. Now, we realize revival for the world is over. I said for the world. But that don't mean we can't have revival. That don't mean you as an individual can't be revived. That don't mean that you have to go along in cold, old, dirty Laodicea and swoop down and cared down by the world and, and, and its cares. Come on. Amen. There ought to be a holy power surrounding in that church that'll make demons flee. The principal work of the church is to cast out devils. That's what salvation is, is casting out devils. That's what healing the sick is, is casting out devils. And when the church loses the power to cast out devils, she's a backslidden church. And when that's no longer her emphasis, she's a backslidden church. We've made revelation, oh, we're calling it revelation. It ain't nothing but carnal, in, 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 uh, carnal uh, intellectualism. And that's all it is. And we're calling it revelation. Real revelation gives you stimulation. Real revelation is quickening power. Real revelation, amen. What make you act like they did on the day of Pentecost? Hallelujah. Amen. There ought to be a holy power that are surrounded and in the church that will make demons flee. I'm quoting from 63, 11, 17. Amen. Instead of that, it's become a laughing stock. What is it? The mechanics instead of the dynamics. Oh, my. We're working on it and working on it and working on it and reworking on it. And we're working on it. We've got it all. I'll tell you what. We've seen message preachers take this message apart and put parts here and there and, you know, hook quotes together. And next thing you know, we lose the true oneness of God that Brother Branham preached. There is a true oneness. 
Come on. Oh, yeah, we know there is a false oneness, but there is a true oneness. Amen. I'll just tell you this. There ain't no two lords. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one father of us all. But we've had some quack mechanics that want to try to tinker with the church until the church can't run in the power of the Holy Ghost anymore. Until backslidden people are sitting on the pew. Until our children don't know the God that we're supposed to know in his life-changing power. Oh, yeah. Brother Branham told us the supreme, that, that, that you cannot get to first base unless you believe in the supreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we get it. We mess with the mechanics till the car won't even run. And there's no dynamics to make it move. Oh, yeah. And Brother Brandon said, and I'm quoting again, and he says, our educational system, our denominational system has taken the place of the Holy Spirit leading the church. Our great fine training of ministers and things has taken the place of all night prayer meetings. Oh, yeah. And the old-time way we used to get to God. I told you, I'm reading, I'm, reading, I'm reading from 63. Now, instead of having preachers, we got lectures. Men who knows the word just as well, and they can sit there and put it together in such a way that's it's astounding how they do it, can do it. They know the mechanics, but that ain't the dynamics. We want, to, we want the dynamics. I don't care about the mechanics. I want to know the dynamics. What does it do? I don't know how that car runs out there. It's got pistons and cylinders. I don't know how much pressure you use. The only thing I know is the dynamics. Put her out there and drive it. And that's what we know. God made the promise. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. How is he going to do it? I can't tell you. I just know, want to know the dynamics of God's system. That's the main thing. What shall I do with Jesus called Christ? He says, let me say something. This uniting time, and we see him. We see him uniting. All these coming out, these spirits that are moving, uniting together, going to Change, you know, you're going to change the, the whole nation. We see spirits that are loose. You're not, but it's uniting time for, for God and his bride too. He says, I say this with reverence and respect. I believe the bride of Christ is called. I believe she's sealed in the kingdom of God. I believe the mechanics is there. Come on. They're waiting for the dynamics that had take her off the earth into glory, into rapture. I believe it with all my heart. Yes, sir. We don't know how he's going to do it, but he shall do it. He is the dynamics, and we just become members of the machine of his body, forming ourselves into his image, and see him uniting himself with us in his works, with his love gifts, as he hands them to us just before the wedding supper. And we're waiting, watching for that. Their big church is to be united. The dynamics of this church will be, anybody ready for this? A refilling of the Holy Spirit. 
that we have worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But when that head and that body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost will raise her up exactly like that. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years will rise in the beauty of his holiness and take a flight to the skies. The dynamics is the Holy Spirit. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling. Amen. You need it. I need it. Even the prophet said he needs it. Amen. We all need it. Amen and amen. There it is. We got China, Russia, North Korea. They're all threatened, getting ready to pour out destruction. Rumbling every day. They're getting ready to cleanse this earth before the millennium with atomic fire. Amen. They're going to pour out atomic fire on the earth. Read your Bible and you'll see it. Amen. But there has to be another outpouring. Amen. I said there has to be another outpouring. In world falling apart, Brother Brandon said, the hour that we're living, oh God, the world is falling apart. That hangs in the hangers' bombs, hangs the things that will do it just exactly. The church is ready. She's sealed in, ready to come. There will be a big outpouring of the Spirit, yes, sir, to grab that church and take her into the skies. Exactly because the church, the word, the bride, and his ministry, and Christ's ministry is in the bride, which is body, the supernatural body, spiritual body of his here on the earth. And his spirit is here there living his life right out until him and the church becomes one in the wedding hallelujah big outpouring and you're in the middle of it hallelujah you're in the middle of it amen that's what's happening right now you're in the middle of it Oh, yeah, we can look out here and we can see what's happening where a demon, invisible demon is coming into this realm and people are scared and running, shutting down schools and churches and homes and and business and everything and wrecking the economy with an invisible demon. But I want you to know there's somebody greater. And I saw another mighty angel. Amen. He has come down from the heaven and he put his foot on the land and the sea and said, Satan, you cannot rise until I take my bride out of here. Hallelujah. Oh, church, don't be afraid. Don't be worried. I see another mighty angel. We see what the devil's doing. We see the enemy at work. We see his attack on our homes and our family. But I see another mighty angel. Hallelujah, only Christ it could be. Can I tell you, for the last 50 years, we've had an outpouring of the mechanics. But if there isn't a dynamic spark to ignite the gas, it might as well be water. You can say, Brother Tim, this... With this theology we got, we got message theology and it's, it's got, oh my, it's octane is so high, it's indescribable. But what good is all your word, word, word that you poured into the church? It's just theology until the Holy Ghost comes upon it and quickens it. That'll bring you in harmony with the word. That'll bring you in harmony with Christ. A people that has his potential. Amen. 
But what God's looking for today is somebody that'll call him on the scene. He can't work until you begin to cry. Oh, Brother Tim, that's Pentecostal. Well, that's what Brother Branham told us in Seed Not Air with the Shuck in Jeffersonville in 1965. He said, we have become like buzzards, vulturing down on past manna. And we don't know how to fly into heavens anymore where all things are possible to them that believe. Come on. Amen. And he said, there's no more prayer meetings, no agonizing with God to fulfill his word. The church has become soft and lazy. They just want it handed to them. It's time that people begin to call on God. Amen. Begin to say, God, move on the scene. We're here in the last days, the last time. Amen. Trouble is all around us. Everything is uncertain more than it ever has been. And it's time for people to have passion. To have a desire. God, I want you more than I've ever had you. I want you moving in our midst. Amen. I want you living in our church. I want you healing our sick. I want you to save the lost. We're so backslidden we don't even know what an altar call is anymore. One of the very last things that Brother Branham said before he left in leadership was, I want an old-fashioned altar call here. Amen. Sure, he was against the altar call of patting someone on the back and saying, your mother died, and don't you remember, you know, and, and getting them on an emotional thing. Sure, that's what he was against. Amen. But he said, the way I got it, so we, I got down the altar, and they beat me on the back till something happened. Amen. Why don't we balance some things out anymore? And realize, friends, an old-fashioned altar needs to come back to the church with some real repentance and a calling on God. I'm tired of being lukewarm. I'm to be in your image. For the bride will not be lukewarm. She will be passionate about the Word and passionate for God. Amen. When you hear of others being filled with the Holy Ghost, it ought to put a burden in your heart. I want him. Amen. Don't pass me by. You hear that he's filling others with the Holy Ghost. You ought to be saying, God, refill me. Oh, we want to take our little eaglets and help them out of the shell. You know, help them crack the shell a little. Just say, Brother Branham's a prophet. Just say, I believe all the seals are open, and they are. And, and you know, just say, uh, you know, you believe the message, and we do. But that ain't nothing more than a Billy Graham intellectual. Easy believism. Amen. You need a dying out to sin. And a coming back to Calvary. And dying out to the old man. And be born anew by the Holy Spirit. Come on. That's exactly right. Amen. Oh. You know, Brother Branham said this. Let me just, let me say this. Politics, this is eating not air with the shuck. Politics, voting in, voting out, saying this, that, the other, and the Holy Spirit has no more right away in the church than nothing. Can you imagine? I heard that one church actually voted on whether the seventh seal was opened. How ridiculous is that? What if you voted it wasn't open? Did that close it? Amen. Even if you voted it was open, did that open it? No. You know, it doesn't change what God did in our generation. 
If the seventh seal is not open, the seventh angel meant nothing to Brother Brown. Amen. You know, I, I know there's a couple of quotes that says God wouldn't permit the seventh seal to be open. And Brother Branham thought he had said too much about the third pull because God had told him, I'll just say nothing of. So he went to Motel the next day after preaching on the seventh seal and recorded a new ending to keep it ambiguous. But after his death, William Branham Evangelistic Association released the original seventh seal. And did you know there is over a hundred times he says all the seven seals are open? Over a hundred times, all of them are open. The seventh seal was the breaking of the silence. We're not in the days of the silence anymore. We have heard what the seven thunders uttered. What were the seven thunders? They were not the virtues. They were the revelations contained in the seven seals. That's what the thunders were about. Amen. We know now what it was. God hid it in symbols and he's now revealed it. Why? To, be, to usher in the coming of the Lord. To hand you an open book. Amen. So that you could see, could, so you could see what you possess as a child of God. Amen. Now, this, now of course, you see the, the seven thunders brought us, came, began with the word coming to a prophet. The shout, and now we're, we're here where the seventh angel has sounded his message. He's done his job. He ran his course. Amen. And it's now the days where it's the voice of the archangel, which is Christ. Come on. Amen. And there is a bride here in his image who under their messenger is the final voice to the final age where the word that was preached is now taken on flesh. Hallelujah. And it's produced a bride in his image. And they are the voice of the resurrection. I was dead in the tombs of darkness, in the tombs of religion, but now I am alive forevermore, and you'll never seal me back in a denomination again. Hallelujah. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Is that your testimony this morning? Then you are the voice of the resurrected one and the voice of his power. And in his resurrection, there's healing, deliverance, and salvation. Hallelujah. And our little eagles can pip their way out of the shell. You don't have to help them out with a lecture. Amen. Or give them a little instruction or some kind of intellectual conception. But they'll knock on that shell. They got a little hammer beat and they hear the Lord will, will say, God, I want that salvation. They hear, I'm the Lord that healing. I want that healing for my soul, Lord. I want you delivered. And they begin to peck their way out. They get a little fresh breath of air. Brother, it just makes them even peck a little harder. Amen. I believe we're getting the fresh breath of air. It ought to make every one of you push out. Push out against the world. Push out against unbelief. Brother Branham went on to say in this quote I was reading about voting. And he says, no more prayer meetings. No more agonizing with God to fulfill his word. No more believing that the word is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. They just vulturize down. Got a denomination, put their name on the book. Got lazy and soft, set back there gloating on some kind of dead carrion. 
supposed to be at least a hawk or similar brother to the eagle, the prophet that brought the true word and manifested it, relies on half-rotten, man-made theology. Words to get it, some man-made Sunday school program sheet, some educator killed for him back in some seminary somewhere. You know, we're not happy with the way the prophet brought it, so we got to write our own books. Are you with me? Amen. We got to have our own messages. Amen. Tell him the days of miracles pass. There's no such thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost. All this nonsense. You mean you can tell me that an eagle would eat that? He couldn't do it. Neither will a Christian eat on a dead, carrying from that old denominational doctrines. They want the fresh word of God, fresh. Amen. The promise of the hour. God promised rabbits in the days of Luther. He promised other things in the days of others. Oh, now listen. But now he's promised us a full square meal, the full seven-course menu for all the seven seals are open and everything is ready for the word of God to those who can receive it. Is that the way you feel this morning? Hey, man, I want the full word of God. I'm tired of just having part. I want everything God made a promise. A pride in his image. A people who is like him. Amen. Let the musician come. Let's just worship the Lord just a moment. Oh, my. We could preach a lifetime. Telling testimonies and things as we went. It's taken up some time. But let's just look now. Let's just look. See where we are in time. See where we are in the promise. Let God speak. Let him speak to you today. Don't you want to be a people that can be used of God? The Holy Spirit can move in your life. You can just be quickened by the Holy Ghost to lay your hands on your child next to you and see that child healed. Don't you want to be a kind of person that believes every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that sees God working in his church? The people say, that brother, that sister knows how to touch God. I want them to pray for me. I want to be a bride in his image. Be like him. Anointed with the same anointing. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Why don't you stand together with me? You've been sitting a while. You just talk it over with him this morning. What about you? Aren't you ready for a refilling of the Holy Ghost? you tired of just being lukewarm aren't you tired of just going through the motions of things he wants to do something in your life he wants to do something in your heart Dear Lord, I'll be a witness if you help. 
that is in our heart will be heard. In Jesus' name, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God. Touching lives, Lord, today. 
Continue touching them, Lord. In your presence, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I mean, can say he's touched me this morning. He touched me. Oh.